The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now we're off to WA looking at nickel, PGEs and gold. And that's what the company today, Moho Resources, has uh, got in its portfolio. Um, this stock is right up uh, Garen Perro's alley, trading at 2.9 cents, only listed in November 2018, so it has a very modest market cap. So... Lots of leverage to exploration success with this one. To fill us in on the story across the, the group's nickel, mainly nickel interests, uh, some PGE and gold there as well, we have the managing director with us today, Ralph Winter. G'day, Ralph. Thanks uh, for appearing on the podcast today. Oh, thanks, Barry. Thanks for having me again. Now, Ralph, I just mentioned a relatively new listing, November 2018, so I'm just wondering... Where's the company at at the moment? Uh, I guess the flagship project must be the Black Swan South Prospect, uh, about 40 kilometres northeast of Kalgoorlie, and right next door to Poseidon's Black Swan project. So just bring us up to speed on uh, what you've achieved since listing and uh, what we should be looking out for there. Sure. Yeah, so look, uh, <clears throat> Moho listed as a, a gold nickel explorer from the outset. Um, and over the last couple of years, we've spent a fair bit of time not only exploring for nickel initially, but um, focusing on the gold in this area as well. Uh, we've got some fantastic projects uh, located not only here, but we've got a project in the WA Wheat Belt called Barracopin and another one in far north Queensland called Emperor Springs. They're all essentially gold focused. Um, and when we were sort of evaluating our portfolios um, about a year or so back, we started to see, and, and obviously with a buoyant nickel uh, battery min- battery uh, minerals market, uh, we started to see that we had um, a lot of access to nickel, copper, PG uh, potential in our projects. So we started to shift our focus a little bit in, into that. So uh, what we've done recently is we've been um, looking at a prospect, which is at our Silver Swan North project, and we've, we've dubbed it Black Swan South for the mere fact that it's um, only about four kilometers south of the, uh, as you said, Poseidon's um, Silver Swan, Black Swan nickel operations. Um, so what we've done there recently is we, we did a historical review. Um, and what ended up happening is we, we ended up picking up this after uh, Poseidon had to drop it because uh, they hadn't uh, done enough work on the ground, unfortunately. Um, so through the mines department, they had to drop it. And, and because we were in close proximity, we picked it up. So we, we now have ground on the east, the west and the southern um, boundaries of Poseidon's um, ground there. Um, what we've done recently is we've uh, drilled a 12-hole RC program, which is essentially a vectoring program. Um, over a magnetic high, uh, looking at a footwall contact um, for uh, potential nickel sulfide mineralization, um, that came out um, that came out uh, fairly well in terms of vectoring, and it gave us some some great indication. So we closed it off to the north, um, but it's uh, extending down to the south. We did intersect the footwall all the way through, and it seems to be plunging to the southeast. So what we're following up with now, we've just completed a passive seismic program, which is um, in, in the works of being analyzed. And uh, we will shortly be doing a downhole EM survey on several of those holes as well. 
to see if we can zone in on any EM um, conductors underground. Um, and then on top of that, we'll, we'll obviously have the results come back from the drilling in, in a few weeks' time. But like everybody, you know, we, we've been held back in terms of the labs um, being being fairly slow. Um, not not slow, but you know, they're backed up with a lot of other work as well. So unfortunately, it takes a little bit longer. Um, so we're trying to do what we can in the meantime to build the picture there. And um, mm. what we're anticipating is that once all of that is is modeled and analyzed properly together and we have a holistic picture, um, we will look to put in um, several diamond holes in that area as well. So um, targeting uh, underneath where we've drilled previously, targeting that footfall and that that um, southeast plunge that um, we seem to be delineating there at the moment. So it's all looking quite interesting from a nickel perspective um, for us at, at Black Swan South. Yeah, okay. I'll just mention that Poseidon's... Uh... Black Swan, Silver Swan, uh, got a DFS underway, uh, looking to return it to production. It was, of course, a fairly famous uh, producer back in the day with Norilsk and others. There's uh, a mix of disseminated and um, high-grade uh, stuff at Black Swan, Silver Swan. Are you, are you expecting the same at the Black Swan South? Um, two, two ore sources there? or? Well, I guess... Due to the proximity, we think it probably will be a mix of the two if, if we do discover anything. Um, I suppose ideally we'd, we'd like to try and sort of discover a new silver swan given the, the high grade mm. of um, what was discovered there historically. And just coincidentally, we've uh, just recently, about a month or so back, we've employed um, our, our new chief geologist, uh, a guy called Vata Denig. Vata was actually with the MPI when they originally drilled out Silver Swan, um, you know, back in the 90s. Um, and he's also, you know, ha- had a lot of experience with uh, Western areas and IGO and so on as well. So from a nickel perspective, uh, he's got some fantastic knowledge there. And obviously in this area as well, he's worked here previously and he knows the area very well. So that's given us a bit of a new impetus in terms of how we target um, target the, the sort of nickel sulfides around this particular area for us. Mm. Just mentioned, uh, you mentioned Silver Swan. Uh, yeah, 2.7 million tonnes at a fantastic 5.1% nickel. Uh, ended up yielding about 140,000 tonnes of uh, nickel. So that, that one paid a lot of bills. So if you find one of those, you'll be off to the races. You will, yeah. And I guess what a lot of people don't understand is that Silver Swan, when it was originally discovered, it had no surface EM projection at all because it's a a fairly sort of linear, vertical, almost pencil-like structure. Um, and I guess when, you, when you're looking at EM, because the EM stations are generally, you know, several hundred metres apart, um, you can very easily miss it in a, in a ground EM survey, which is why we're sort of targeting down below with a downhole EM because you, you obviously get a bit closer to the source and uh, hopefully, you know, find something down there. So, um, you know, it's it's early days, but I guess all the indications are there um, in terms of, um, you know, the, the contact mineralization in terms of elevated nickel and magnesium um, on the footwell contact. Um, and also the geology is looking, you know, fantastic. We've identified ultramafic commodities um, throughout that zone and that, that channel development that we've uh, dubbed it. Um, so, yeah, look, it's exciting times and, and we're sort of um, yeah, keen to see what comes out of it. Okay. Now, on the side of the boundary, Poseidon has a, a, a big and uh, hungry treatment plant, 2.2 million tonnes per annum, I think it is. Um, I'm just wondering how you get on with Peter Harold and the rest of the guys at uh, Poseidon. Yeah, we've always had a very good relationship with Poseidon um, and, you know, that hasn't changed at all. So 
Um, I guess the the hope is that if we can discover something significant there, you know, they've obviously got a bit of a feed the mill strategy. Um, and, you know, if, if it does sort of pad out, potentially there's some um, sort of working synergies there between ourselves and them having the plant uh, right on our doorstep. So, um, mm. but yeah, look, we'll see how we go. As I mentioned at the start, uh, nothing Garen Perra likes to see more than uh, leverage to uh, exploration success. Um, I did have a bit of trouble figuring out your market cap because the figure that I kept coming up with seemed incredibly low, around 4.6 million. What is the market cap at 2.9 cents a share, roughly? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's about that, to be honest. Uh, it is very low. Um, but that's generally down to the fact that our capital structure is still very tightly held. So as you said, we've only been listed for a short yeah. while. We've deliberately only raised money where absolutely necessary to keep our, our capital structure tight. Um, yep. So, you know, if you compare us to, you know, other parties that have, you know, billions of shares on issue that are trading at the exactly. same or less and have larger mm -hmm. market caps, uh, there does seem a bit of a disconnect. But, um, you know, it depends on what you're looking for. I guess uh, the benefit of being so tightly held is that your share price can move very quickly and easily up and down as well. So you don't need massive volumes to to have that impact. So from our point of view, you know, one decent discovery or a good news story and, and we could be off to the races. Yeah. And, well, for investors, I guess, going in, now you're at this uh, critical stage, as it were, where you're you're firming up uh, diamond drill or, or targets to drill with uh, diamond drill holes. Uh, so what's the sort of rough timing on that, do you think? So in terms of the interpretation of the modelling, I think that'll probably happen uh, within the next sort of four weeks or so, uh, depending on when we get the results back from the lab. Um, and once we firm that up, um, we can then hopefully lock in a diamond rig. So I'd say all going well and, and with rig availability, we should be drilling, you know, within the next two months uh, again. Um, and that's really going to be, I suppose, the, the proof in the pudding is when we get those diamond holes in there and we can target it uh, deeper down. So, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. yeah. Okay. And how's, uh, how's the company placed cash-wise to fund this uh what could be an exciting back half of the year? Yeah, look, the end of the last quarterly, we had had eight hundred thousand. So obviously, there there are a lot of bills to pay, um, and things are you know sort of sort of progressing from that point of view. Uh, we are working on some other um, things as well in terms of um, funding uh, the future operations of the company. Uh, we're in the process of uh, discussing monetizing our East Hampton Dam asset, which is a small gold resource, which we have at, at the same project, but on the westernmost um, uh, tenement that we've got there, which is a granted mining lease. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we're, we're currently in discussion with several companies on, on monetizing that. So hopefully if that all sort of pays off, we'll get some more funding in um, from that perspective and uh, we can advance our nickel copper PGE strategy there. Mm, and just fill me in on the, the Andal tenements. That was a pickup and that increased your exposure to the north. Is that right? Uh, to the west, actually. Yeah. To the west, sorry. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So uh, Yandel are um, a, a small explorer like ourselves. They're primarily focused on gold. Um, mm. They have a lot of tenements to our sort of west um, and sort of southwest uh, of our tenements. So we, we had a discussion with them a little while back. And then uh, I think it was November last year, we struck a deal where um, we targeted about 15 tenements that they had running along an ultramafic zone, a, a mapped ultramafic zone that runs along our western boundary. Um, and we picked up the nickel rights on those. And we also sold them um, three, uh, sorry, four tenements that we had under option with a 
um, with a prospector at the time. Um, and basically what, what we've done is that we've uh, kept the nickel rights on all of those as well. So basically with the, the renewed focus on the nickel copper PGs, and we've given them uh, the gold rights um, or let them keep the gold rights. So what we're doing at the moment is that's currently under review. We're looking at the historic data and, and they've very kindly given us access to uh, drill samples that they've done across that ultramafic zone. Now, they didn't actually assay for nickel um, at the time. So what we're doing in, at the current time is we've actually gone and um, sourced those samples out of their storage. Um, and we're going to be um, XRFing those very shortly to see um, whether there's any kicks in the signatures. If anything looks interesting, we'll uh, probably reassay those and see if there's any nickel there. And then based around that, we'll then model a, a program moving forward uh, in terms of uh, potential further work or potential further drilling around those zones along that ultramafic um, mm -hmm. uh, that runs down the western boundary. So, yeah, that, that's also looking quite interesting. Yeah. A nice bit of cooperation between uh, the juniors there, which is good to see. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Now, you've added your story, uh, to your story down uh, Boddington Way. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Manjim Up? Manjim Up. Yeah, Manjim Up. Yeah, you can tell I'm from Melbourne. <laughs> um, so we've got Nickel Copper PG. It's on the uh, southwest terrain of the Yilgar uh, and Creighton, which has uh, got very interesting in recent times up to the north. Yeah. Potential Nova Bollinger lookalike, is that the theory? Um, yeah, well, look, the, the backstory on that is we, um, we did a deal with a, a company uh, or a consultancy called Whistlepipe Consulting. Now, the principles of Whistlepipe um, were basically uh, accredited with the targeting of the Goneville Julemar discovery for Chalice. They were working for Chalice at the time. They then set off on their own after that, and they set up their own consultancy. And, and based around that, they targeted a number of projects around WA, primarily for nickel copper PGEs, utilizing the same targeting methodologies they used for the Goneville Julemar discovery. Um, so we've been in discussion with them for a while. Um, we've known the guys there for a little while. And um, basically what they said was, well, look, we've got this package here. Um, there were seven seven projects in total. One was already granted, um, and then the the others were under were basically just intellectual property from their targeting. So mm. we did a deal with them where we picked up all their intellectual property. We pegged those projects. Uh, Manjimup was the very first one. That was the granted one that they actually had in their name, and we've now since transferred that over to us. So based on the targeting, um, it, it looks really interesting. I mean, that, that area down there is, is, um, you know, super fertile. There's a lot of interesting things happening there. A lot of minerals, um, being discovered that people didn't really look at in the past. Uh, but primarily for Manjimup, um, yes, we, we believe, I mean, it's, it's sort of early days, but I guess from the historical review and the geophysics that we've seen there, the whistlepipe guys have sort of, um, done some modeling and said, well, look, there's sort of an eye-like feature around the, the geophysics there that um, looks quite similar to what Nova looked like when they first early discovered it. Um, mm. So there, there's early indications that it could be a similar type um, of deposit potentially. I mean, we haven't done any drilling or work or anything there on the ground as yet. We're in the process of getting all our yeah, regulatory um, things in place in terms of our native title and our fauna and flora and, and all our um, permitting and all that kind of stuff. So that's happening at the moment. Um, but we do hope to get down there in the next uh, few months, uh, probably in a couple of months time, once the wet, um, once the wet season dries down a bit um, and actually go and do some work on the ground down there. So it's looking quite exciting uh, from an early perspective. I mean, it's one of those things, all the ingredients are there, but until you actually go and do the work, you don't know for sure exactly what you're looking at. So. 
Mm, okay. Appreciate it, silly days, but would you rank that as your your, your second project, uh, second rank? Yeah, I probably would at this point. Um, and then the third, the other one that we picked up, or one of the other ones that we picked up from Whistlepipe is a project called Peak Charles, um, which is looking really interesting. Is is quite a few companies around our Peak Charles project tenements that have um, are, are putting out rare earth um, results at the moment as well. There's some lithium results. There's even some gold to the north, um, and there's a potential nickel and copper target uh, right in the middle of it as well. So it's a, a bit of a mixed bag one there. So we're, we're actually quite um, you know, quite keen to get down there and sort of really see what's what's in the area. Um, but yeah, look, uh, this is all part of our renewed, you know, nickel, copper, PG, critical mineral strategy that we're looking at. Um, and predominantly down in the southwest, as you've said, uh, although we do have um, one up a little bit to the north, which is called Weld Range North, um, that we're also looking at. Um, so, yeah, look, a lot of work still to go, but there's a lot of upside there in terms of uh, the projects that we've got and uh, the potential there and the credibility behind the people that have done the, the work and the targeting initially, um, you know, obviously puts us in a position where we feel quite confident that we, you know, we could find something in these projects. As a complete aside, um, always been intrigued by the name Moho. What's uh, what's the derivation? Of that? <laughs> yeah, look, uh, a lot of people ask that question. So, Moho is a shortening of um, the geoscientist that uh, basically coined the layer between the crust and the mantle. Um, he, so, he's mm-hmm. a, a Serbian uh, geoscientist, and his surname was Moho Verisic. Um, so, people now refer to that layer as the Moho layer as a shortening of of his name. Um, and yeah, look, it's, it's not really, you know, you're not drilling down to that level because you're talking sort of 20, 30 kilometers down. Um, <laughs> but, but obviously it's a geological term. And in terms of exploration, it's actually quite key because what you're looking at is the heat engine and mm. the fluids that come from deep down that sort of push all these fluids that, that can bear the, um, the mineralization that you're looking for. And then they push those up into the first order, second order, third order structures that sort of, you know, happen yeah. closer towards mm-hmm. the surface. Uh, and that's then when these flu- fluids accumulate and these minerals, um, sort of get deposited in certain areas, uh, in, in a lot of cases. So, uh, even though you're not targeting the moho, it, it has a very significant impact on, you know, especially for explorers, you know, what you're looking at you know, closer to the surface. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you're off. Um, company's got a fair bit on the go there, a lot of uh, activity in the back half of the year. So I was just wondering if we could pull it all together for investors now and just give them a feel for a bit of a timeline, what they should be looking out for as uh, the projects uh, come to the drilling uh, maturity stage. Yeah, so look, um, we've got, you know, like I said, with uh, Black Swan South, we've got results coming out from that in the next month or so. Uh, we'll be following that with some further diamond drilling. And we've also been doing a review of our Silver Swan project in, in totality in search of more nickel, copper, PGE targets. And um, there's a few more delineated there as well. So I believe we'll probably be drilling those um, potentially at around the same time or just after we do the diamond drilling. So there'll be a lot of um, mm-hmm. work that'll go into that, but also a lot of news flow and results that are coming out from those in the meantime. Uh, and then, yeah, following up these whistlepie projects, so the Manjumup one and the Peak Charles, we've also got another one called Chalkrap Farm, which is uh, looking quite interesting. Those are all sort of be coming in the back end of the year as well. Those are more preliminary um, sort of exploration um, efforts, I suppose. 
Uh, but look, you got to you got to start with those and then sort of build them up as you go and, and sort of build the story. So uh, you, you'll get a nice mix of sort of more advanced exploration and a bit more earlier stage exploration mm. in terms of news flow coming out to the market. And if all goes well, we'll hopefully be able to announce um, you know a deal on our eSamson Dam project in the not too distant future. And um, you know, hopefully, we'll be able to generate some cash flow there as well, and uh, you know, advance that from that perspective. So yeah, like you said, uh, a lot on the boil at the moment. Okay. Alrighty, folks, there you go. Um, a lot of bang for your buck with this one, as uh, Ralph has just outlined. So, Ralph, thanks for your time today. Good luck with it all. We'll be watching with interest. Thanks, Barry. Appreciate your time. Thanks, everyone.